Katie. This is Classically Black Podcast. Where we talk all things classical music and being black in the profession. With trap beats playing in the background. Hey, y'all. Y'all, we, I know we be lying most of the time, but we're going to be in I've been talking to this lane for four hours. And that's, it has, it's been delightful. But it's literally midnight my time. In and out. Let's that's, go. That's Got crazy. Um... <laughs> Okay, I just want to quickly acknowledge that this is the last episode of Black History Month, right? All right. <laughs> Here she go. Hurry up. <laughs> Febu- I haven't noticed because February didn't fly by like most months for me. Mm-hmm. At least I feel like January. Like I was like, dang girl, where you got somewhere to be? Um, but February felt like a normal month. Like I felt every day. So. Not in a bad way either, just normal time. Period. Well, I have a, um some quick news this week. Um, first of all, the Berlin Philharmonic has appointed their first female concert master. Um her name is Benita, I think Sereka Volker. Volkner. Yeah, Sorry, Benita. Girl. Hold on. <laughs> I I didn't I never clicked on it, I just saw that they did it. Um, so this I is their first female concert master in their 141 year history um she's been a member of the berlin philharmonic since may 2022 um i know that's right right um she was born in latvia and studied at the paris conservatoire um and at the queen elizabeth music chapel in belgium so um she actually was the first violinist of the artemis quartet oh i didn't know that from 2012 to 2021 um and Dang. i know that's kind of crazy because like you was quartet heavy and now you you know that's kind of two different lanes like how you switch gears like that yeah especially 2021 you live in 2021 and now years. you already the freaking concert master of berlin nah she got it <laughs> but even like but even like you did 10 years of quartet music and you switch just to even win an orchestra job much less the berlin field and concert master <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, she did her big one. That's yeah. insane. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, you should be doing something. You need to be touring. You need to be a soloist. Um, yeah. It, so it looks like in the middle of that, from 2011 to 2013, she was the concert master of Royal Flemish Philharmonic. Um, she also regularly plays as guest concert master with the Brussels uh, Royal Opera Orchestra and the Brussels Philharmonic. Not anymore. She got that one check that's clearing. So y'all better find somebody name. else. <laughs> I wonder how much the Berlin Field concert master makes. You think she makes? You think she makes like a million? I don't know. They value the arts over there, so right. She probably, right. She probably gave her a second house in Prague. Right. She probably on her her Jeff Bezos. Probably got so. a jet to take her to and from rehearsal. <laughs> right, and then a separate one for her violin because you know the separation. Got to right. have your work life balance. So just put the violin right. on the don't separate forget. jet. Right, you gotta be you gotta be careful and don't forget the um the weeks off and. Right, uh, Turks and Caicos, and really, you don't want to, you know, you want the case to air out. So they probably got the bow in a third jet, just right behind. Oh, absolutely, exactly. Yeah, because it's just, it's just more efficient that way. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If you got a fourth one laying around, a rosin really could have its own. So yeah, but that's only for special occasions, like right. every fourth Sunday. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, she was also a laureate of the Queen Elizabeth uh, violin competition, and of course she is. <laughs> Has several Dang, Echo Classic Awards. She got right. an orchestra, a conservatory. You said her name like three times. 
That's you get for colonizing. Okay. That's crazy. <laughs> you said her name three times in the past three minutes. Uh-huh. Okay, maybe twice. But yeah, the the conservatory, the orchestra, not a competition. Oh, I didn't even think of that. I didn't even realize that, that was her. Hey, girl. Okay, Lizzie. Oh. Um, rest rest <laughs> in peace, wherever you at. Um... That's one. That's actually a big country for us. Sorry, y'all. Um, oh, I ain't said it about Britain. I said about I know, but oh, you know that's that girl. Oh, they sensitive. They they. You know what? But I heard it was split. I heard some of them yeah. don't care about the monarchy. Some of them. Yeah, I think probably the younger. It seems like probably like There's, the younger another, generation. I ain't mean no disrespect. My bad, y'all. I, I don't even speak ill of the dead. I just said like I don't know where she at. I'm just saying that's a fact. And <laughs> yeah, secondly, that is a fact. Right. Secondly, I like Megan, so I'm cool with y'all. Oh, and Harry. Harry kind of fun. A little bit. It's late, y'all. Right, exactly. So, and and you're right. Uh huh. I'm glad you cleaned that up. Um, (laughs) she was also given the award of the Ministry of Culture of Latvia and named Instrumentalist of the Year um in 2009 by the Latvian Radio, um and also was honored with her country's most prestigious cultural award, award, the Great Music Award. Oh. Funny you should mention being a soloist because she's done that too. Um, she's performed with the London Philharmonic Orchestra, the London Chamber Orchestra, and the Belgian National Orchestra. She's also um, uh, performed at Carnegie Hall, uh, Sydney Recital Hall, Kennedy Center, Wigmore Hall, all of that. Um, and she also teaches chamber music at when <laughs> at the Queen Elizabeth <laughs> Music Chapel in uh, Belgium and at the University. Okay, it's in German. It's in Berlin. It's a place. I'll link it. Oh. <laughs> My German is not good. So, anyway, moving on. Moving right along. Okay, making good time. I'm only going to do one other news. Um, also, want to just, uh, you know, if anybody was interested, got an email to share this with our listeners, the board leadership training course. Um, I actually took this course. I was working full time. So, that should tell you all you need to know about my state of mind but if you have a better attention span than i do this is really great it's a board leadership training um course specifically for a current if you are on a board or want to be a board member at like arts organizations and nonprofits and stuff there's like a course to actually teach you all the things that you need to know um to be successful at that um and the registration is open uh through march 2nd so apply before then um it's from an organization called arts fund which is a lot of cool stuff like this um and it's open to all aspiring and current board members as well as board prospects of arts and cultural organizations um it'll cost 150 dollars for the entire thing and there is financial aid available if that is cost prohibitive for you um and it's gonna have seven sessions including one in person if you can um launch event but that's going to be in seattle so if you don't live there then that's fine you don't have to go um in six online online training uh sessions so yeah it starts in uh march like mid-march so uh and on monday evenings so if you want to if you're interested in that i'm gonna link in the description so you can register and remember if you need financial aid then they can give that to you actually i will do my third little piece of news it's very quick the met released their um new season 
today um and apparently about a third of the works on there are by uh are like contemporary operas um recently those have outsold the classics um so you know this i know next month i think is when they're either next month or i think april is when they're um doing champion terrence blanchard um i won't be going to new york because why i'm gonna see it in theaters i actually prefer that so oh they're doing the streamer thing yeah they do that for pretty much everything i think oh, which I, di- I didn't even know until fire shut up in my bones but they always showing stuff so yeah i'm gonna go see it in, in theaters um but next uh season they're doing the malcolm x opera by anthony davis um they're doing dead man walking um let's see who else i'm on their website now i want to see what they're talking um they're also doing um are doing fire ship of my bones again Yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's something that that was surprising to me. Yeah, they're doing it again. They're doing a what's the one hours or something like that by Kevin Puts. Okay, yours. I I haven't heard it. I haven't read any official reviews. The hours is called, but I heard from somebody that I know that they didn't like it. Um, but you might like it, so go see it. Um, they're also doing some classics. They're doing Carmen. They're doing Tannhauser. And yeah. So I'll link that so y'all can see. And yeah, let's move on. I want to challenge y'all to do one season without Wagner. Just one. Yeah, I feel like they were right. It's one of those if 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 we can't have them, no one can. They they're gonna burn down like a sinner. So <laughs> <laughs> writing over anti-Semitic Wagner will be the lowest point. One of the lowest points. In classical music history, like y'all could y'all could do without. I want to see a ballet this year before I see. I'm over here looking at it like we're not doing a show right now. But anyway, (laughs) that's why I'm like, Miss, we going straight through. (laughs) Not too much. Not too much. Okay, so it's time for the intermission, and Delaney, um. Use the term which we probably talked about on the show before, but you know what? I don't know what we talked about last week. I don't know what we talked about last month. My brain turns off the minute we turn these mics off. So we heard this before we go hear it again. Okay, Buki. Okay. So Delaney coined this term this term. This term <laughs> um album and resonance. So she's gonna talk about that for a little bit and then we're gonna come back. I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna tell you what we're gonna do with that little nugget of information. Yeah, this is the Delaney show this week. Hold on. Um, oh, for real, you talking most of it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do this every week. Okay, Delaney Hive, stand up. Delaney Hive is crazy. What am I going to be? That's what I'm trying Katie. to like. Katie Hive. I wonder, that's what I was wondering. I was like, first of Ooh, all, for people. divisive. That'll be fun. <laughs> that's ridiculous. <laughs> nah, ooh. <laughs> divisive. <laughs> Like, yeah, let's I do. Let's like, do. Let's plan no, one week. My feelings can't. One week. So we gonna do. Okay, we gonna announce. Um, it's just gonna be me this week, and then next week it's just gonna be Katie and see who gets the most. <laughs> I will quit the show, and then it could be you every week. Okay, let's do. No, just do an Instagram poll. Who's your Come favorite? 
<laughs> my feelings my feelings would handle that no we couldn't even do that because then you can see who votes people are not gonna are participate i feel like yeah. and also yeah i wonder if people that's what i was just thinking do people have a favorite i'm sure somebody cute. does but yeah i mean I'm trying to think of the podcast I listen to. I don't have a favorite. That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, that's why I'm like, I'm sure it's not like a, everybody has a favorite thing, but I'm sure there's somebody like I'm thinking Chris on Kid Fury. I don't particularly like one of them more than the other. Yeah, I was about to say like I was like, oh, actually, the no, nah, I don't have a favorite. Yeah, I don't have a favorite for the friend zone, even though Asante do got a soft my, he has my heart, and Dustin's so damn funny, but I don't have a favorite. <laughs> yeah. And so, but I'm sure somebody does. But then I'm think I was also thinking the other day. I forgot. I was thinking. I wonder for the people who haven't seen us or who like heard our voices then saw us. Like, do they know which one is which? That's very fascinating because that's the that's the hardest thing for me when I listen to a new podcast. It's hard for me to like focus because I'm like, I don't know which one is which. Like, I don't know who was talking. And also, like, even once you learn, like, you know, my voice is Delaney. But when you saw a picture, can you think, like, how sure are you when you see a picture? Oh, that's Katie. That's Delaney. And, like, do we look like what our voice looks like or, like, whatever? You know, when you, like, I've heard people on KGLH, like, my local uh, station, listen for years. And I see them. I'm like, really? Oh, yeah. I've had that before. That's you? It's so weird seeing people, like, listening to people for that long and not knowing what they look like. But remember when that dude came up to me and he was like, I thought you would be taller in person. <laughs> that well, was Katie crazy. always talking about how short she is. I don't know what she was expecting. He must not listen you know, that much. You know what was insane? So we played the, the, the Sunday matinee this week. We played the University of Memphis opened up a new performing arts center. So we played our Sunday matinee there. And I'm walking from backstage, minding my business, going to the car. This patron comes up to me and she's like, you had to be so uncomfortable sitting up there with your feet dangling. Like, you should talk to them. Like, you should get a <laughs> stool. I was like, this is insane. Ma'am, focus on the music. <laughs> that was, I was like, and you know, Bob was saying, Bob's music director. Bob was saying like, because he was trying to, he was trying to get us to move more because we play Romeo and Juliet. We play both Romeo and Juliet this, this last week. He tried to get us to move more, and I was just looking at him like, sir, it's literally 10 p.m. But, um, like, on Sunday, I got you. But, um, yeah, whatever. So he was trying to get us to move. He's like, I guarantee you someone is watching you. And I was like, you know, I just thought that's something he was saying. The fact that you sat there for an hour and 45 minutes and watched my feet dangle is crazy to me. Like, I also, I'm used to my feet dangling. Most, I, that's why I hate Vanger. What are they call Wanger? Vanger chairs? I, that's why I don't like them, because... They um, my feet don't touch the ground. That was cra- I felt that was crazy. I'm not even that short. I mean, I'm pretty short, but there are people shorter than me. Oh yeah, All babies. Right. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I don't understand how I turned out so short. My mom's not even that short. My mom's like five four. Is that short? No, I'm about five four. Five yeah. five. Yeah. Yeah. Five feet is crazy. Yeah, I mean, that's really not that short. I was just saying that, like, of course. I'm not saying, like, that's the only people that's shorter than you. I just mean, like, of course there are. I mean, Jasmine's shorter than me. Yeah, Jasmine's and, shorter than you. And Janet's shorter than me. Hmm. So. The, the last the last nurse okay. practitioner. LeBron, period. Okay. No. <laughs> the, last, 
when I the last time I went to the doctor, the nurse practitioner was um, took my height. She was like, "It's like it's four eleven. I'm like, "I'm gonna call the board and get your license." Before. <laughs> like, it's definitely five feet and a half of an inch, Bukiana, and don't take no, or add. Bukiana like, is crazy. Not you. You mean Bukwis? All right, this is where we're getting off track. <laughs> and also, I, I done I done put my blanket up over my shoulder, so um, time is ticking. I'm comfortable, comfortable okay. in my skin, cozy with who I am. Hey. I love myself and cozy. Um, being black, being black. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what was I about to say? Yes, yeah, so we so, so Warsaw, let us know. I want to know damn Warsaw. Let us know in the comments. There ain't, ain't nothing to comment on lately. <laughs> <laughs> but let us know if you want us to get divisive uh, in the future. Oh, that's what I was going to say before we got way off topic. You know, remember how Disney Channel used to do um, Disney Channel games during the summer? Mm-hmm. With, I feel like that would be cute. It's something we could organize. Like, I don't know what it would look like, but I want to have, like, the Delaney and Katie games. <laughs> but it's like... Like you the red team, I'm the blue team. <laughs> have people come out and compete, but do like classical music stuff. Like, like I don't know. Paganini. I'm just playing. Right. Like you gotta like like you gotta sirree something. Like you gotta. How fast can you change the string? <laughs> How fast can you change the string? How fast can you put the Bowens in? Like match this composer to this. Like you know, like write out a theme. Like the yeah, papa, and write it out in notation, and they have like a picture of Mozart, and you gotta match it. Like, yeah, I would do that. Oh, now hold on, that's a, that's would be fun. That would be cute, right? Like it's not athletic because I don't. Let's be let's be for real, but like <laughs> athletic of uh, athleticism of the mind. Blue team, red team. And also, like, facts about classically black, like, just overall debauchery and fun. Like, I feel like that would be real cute. We just got to get people who want to participate. <laughs> and we got to meet at a central location. And we do classically black games. Delaney team, Katie team. Period. Getting divisive. That would be cute. We'll plan it out, y'all. <laughs> um, let's get through the episode first, because I'm basically um, horizontal. So. Okay, so album and residence, yeah, this is a thing that um I came up with because I listen to albums and I realized just like how long I listen to them for, and I'm just like I the reason why I listen to albums is because just like down the line you you finally hear something that you didn't hear the first time through or like whatever. So it basically, just refers to an album that you are keeping, um, that you are like listening to either in its entirety or its vast majority so it's not just like oh i listen to two or three songs off of this album or whatever mm-hmm. like you spend the time with the album as a as a project um and yeah and it's kind of like how in a residency like someone is coming to share their like talents and their knowledge with you like that's kind of what the album does for you um when it is in residence with you so if you want to hear more about that check out my tiktok books about music and my youtube which is my name but yeah giving influencer yes a thousand followers who you know actually it was 1034 last month i'll be 278 now okay. 278 yeah i knew you no. <laughs> i was just hoping you would leave it alone and i blame myself i do anyway um i thought i would take delaney's in residence idea and do a little intermission so the first thing is um well let's start with that one like what you said what is your album in residence right now 
Mm, that's hard because I'm transitioning out of one um, right now. So, but one I would say is like, which is Ice Spice's EP. I, I still need to listen to it. I like it. I heard it was really good. I still uh, it's really good. It. It's really good. And I will say the ones that I listen to the the least on the album are the ones that I heard are her first two singles, Munch and Bikini Bottom. It's good. They mm. and they've been around the longest. So yeah, yeah. So I was telling Delaney like before the um show starts that this album and residence idea, um, doesn't really work for me because I don't listen to music in that way. Like I I I would. I like uh bits and pieces, bits and pieces type of girl. So I would never sit and listen to an entire album. But um right now it's that's kind of not true. So the album I guess I will quote unquote have in resonance is SZA's new album in that I'm working my way through it. I think I'm like nearly halfway through. Um just cuz I wanted to see what it was talking about because everyone said how good it was. I'm enjoying it so far. Um but I would say like a true one that I am listening to is pretty old. It's um Janae Aiko's album Cholumbo. Um, I'm rediscovering it because I have bits and pieces of it like I normally do, but I was listening through it too. Especially like I could see why Dylan likes listen to albums like as they like as an as an uh a complete project, like listening from top to bottom because like the interludes she does are just so pretty and like everything just like it's an album that's how it's supposed to work like that's why a symphony works the way it works like you listen to the first movement second movement, whatever like they flow together they work and it's like yeah i see the vision will i start listening to music like that probably not i do like especially like my playlist is crazy i might have a little jazz moment mm-hmm. then hard knock cut, like straight to um like I think my my wildest transition right now it goes from like a Donnie McClurkin song to me Mayor Venganza to Pressure, <laughs> so it's like it's in Spanish me Mayor Venganza and then the next song who she thinks she is Pressure <laughs> Flexer who gonna check her it's great and I like that I like being jolted out of of a of a mood you know yeah I will say not every album warrants this method. And it's not how I listen to music 100% of the time. Oh, it's right. just something I go back to. And because mm-hmm. I have so many different things on my playlist, one, I have a habit of, I actually don't have a whole lot of playlists. In my library, if I like a song, I might not just add the song, I might add the whole album that it's on. So there's a lot of music I don't listen to or like haven't listened to yet on my um in my library which is why i don't usually put it on shuffle and just let it play because half the stuff i'm like what is this like mm-hmm. because i just add stuff to listen to later mm-hmm. so when i'm when i'm listening to like an album allows me to not have to skip through stuff because i know it's coming and also yeah like i said some people don't do albums as projects it's just like a collection of songs and right there's not necessarily a lot to gain from that with the ice spice thing i think her since her ep is so short it's just like an easy thing to like get through it's mm-hmm. not really like this is uh everything is connected like like yeah freaking like lemonade or something like that yeah, yeah, yeah um but yeah so when i'm not like sometimes if i'm not listening to the album i'll just listen to whatever mm. okay the next one is a piece in residence 
Delaney, all-star bass player extraordinaire. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, I really don't have one. <laughs> yeah, I kind of figure, like, some of this stuff, it's like, I mean, Delaney would talk about it, it's like how our content has changed and will continue to evolve as we, you know, get our footing in what we are doing. Yeah. I have a piece in residence because I literally want a job. So <gasps> I want the Oh, I thought you said you want a job. I was like, oh girl, God. from your mouth from your mouth to God's ears. <laughs> no ma'am. I want but you know that felt good for you to be excited, so maybe it's coming. Um, that will require. Uh, let me not say that. Uh, my piece of residence is the Bartok Veal Concerto first three pages. It's supposed to be the first four, but don't tell Jen that I keep forgetting to do that fourth page. Oh, okay. Because if you want more than that, it's really giving like you want a free concert. Because you honestly, what pisses me off about this whole orchestra thing, you know, by the end of of the first, by the time I get to. Am I advancing or not? That's measure. Uh, that's measure eleven. What am yeah. I playing more for? Like you know, what I'm saying like, don't piss me off. Like, like I remember like what the last audition I took. Like I made. I already talked about this. I made a terrible mistake. I was like, they always ask for Bach on this on the second round. Are you dumb, Katie? No one always does anything. Every orchestra does. Every orchestra does their own thing. But me, yeah, just like they always stop that one excerpt. We don't have to bring that up. <laughs> we don't have to bring that up. I don't. I'll never forget when Joe. The last time I played for him, he was like, "Are you sure that's the extra? Because I know how you are." That was crazy. <laughs> but um, so I get there. I'm like, I'm doing the best I can. The week before, I'm like, you know, I'm gonna leave back alone. If I advance, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just do what I gotta do in the in the hotel the next the, that night. Then, of course, they want Bach first. This will piss me off. Y'all know the Bach wasn't hidden. Okay, y'all knew it. Why y'all make me play the first the, a page and a half? Bach is two pages. You knew. Like, you knew. That's crit. And then, and then I played two X with you like, thank you. Nah. Thank your mama. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. It's hard out here. Anyway, we move. Okay, um... Let's get a little cute. What's your um what's your song in residence right now? This is more of my speed. I have a song in residence that I will start the playlist on every time for like a week or so. Yeah. I could I mean y'all already know me. I was gonna try to do not a Stevie, Stevie Wonder one. song, but <laughs> Okay, my non Stevie Wonder song in residence is Long Tall Sally by Little Richard. Cause I've been doing little richard stuff lately and um that's my little video that went up on uh on yes, tiktok giving very much influencer giving very much viral giving very much who Girl. she thinks she is pressure flex okay. who go check it nobody 28.5 k views right yeah, now and it was 28.3 a while ago so yeah big delaney not the little one mm-hmm. yep right about that um so yeah that's my non stevie wonder song in residence my stevie wonder song in residence is love having you around so ain't nobody to love having around over here but we move you'll be so disappointed in me but when you said that title like the song that popped in my head was not the stevie wonder song i mean i would be surprised if it was i don't think that's like a song that like most people would know 
at least not now i don't know how popular it was in its day it came out in 1972 but i would i would not be surprised if you didn't know the song that i want you around how about that song around i don't know what that is okay (laughs) my song in residence right now is between two it's between three really it's one plus one by beyonce (laughs) who you playing with my viola (laughs) but beyonce kind of had me messed up in that song because baby i just cannot i just cannot imagine singing about a man like that like that's crazy to me like though some of the lines i'd be like i don't sing some of them because i'm just like (laughs) talking about if i had a gun no (laughs) ma'am like no ma'am um so one plus one tied with none of your concern by janae aiko tied with you are the lifter by ricky dillard um cool we're almost done what is ricky dillard it's gonna bother me it is ricky dillard Okay, what's your show in residence? My show in residence right now is Law and Order is for you. That um, is a crazy show to have in residence. Like that <laughs> that show I don't understand how people are still watching. First of all, it's it's in its fiftieth season. <laughs> it's so unsettling. After the stuff happened to the what's her name? The lady? Benson? Uh-huh. After she had got attacked. Oh no, 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 no. That just came I, up in my I think I skipped yeah, I checked that. out. Mm-mm. Never. Because me and my, we used to, me and my friend used to stand on the phone and watch it. We used to watch that show every day. Came on at ten o'clock, ten a.m. And after she got hurt, I was like, yeah. "This is the, why. This is why I get off." No way in hell I will ever watch that again. It was so. It was the worst thing ever. Like I'm it's never terrible. It just came up, and I noticed the episode within the first sec, couple seconds, and I skipped right on past it because I don't need to ever see it again. And then he'd be yeah. coming back, and then whatever. But he's dead now, yeah. so. No, so absolutely not there was like Mm-mm. yeah there's every now and then i would say i don't think i've ever seen an episode of svu that is as unsettling as that except like, for also, they had this one other guy who was also freaking crazy but like generally also i think generally i've seen so many of them mm-hmm. but like they're rarely ever like that that was he was sick in the brain like yeah mm-mm. And I told you, like, I've become more of a weenie. So it's like the stuff that I could probably tell, I probably would cry watching Law and Order right now. Like, I want to stop being, like, I feel like, you know why I become more of a weenie? Because I'm not around people that bully me to watching things I don't want to watch. Like, my friends made me tough when they would, when it's scary movie night and when it's movie night and nobody wants to watch a rom-com, like in high school, and I'm stuck watching freaking, I still, amount of images I still have stuck in my head from those days in high school but now i watch what i want to watch so i'm just a weenie i could never i don't think i could sit through an episode of law and order girl it's not that bad <laughs> i've never seen i don't watch any of the other law and orders um but yeah i don't know i generally the regular I think law and order is is the only uh like kind of cop is show or show like that that's not like a comedy or like whatever that i watch it's just i try to keep up with it um yeah i don't know i just try to keep up with it and now i've seen now i'm just watching stuff that i've already seen and it's background noise i'm not really watching it but mm. it's what i turn on for now yeah, I feel you. my show in resonance is tied between the mindy project and the nanny there's something that 
I could just cut on. If I want to cut on something just to like have noise, I'm gonna cut on the nanny. But like, if I want to be like, it's gonna sound bad. But if I want to be like entertained and what, then I'll just cut on the mini project. But mm-hmm. like, either way, I'm cutting something on. Ain't nothing dramatic happening. Yeah. Um, and the mini project gets funnier every time I rewatch it. So, um, cool. You have a meal in residence. So many. No, I'm just kidding. Um. I didn't even hear what you said, so that's perfect. Should I repeat? It, the the hour is drawing nigh. Oh. Um, a meal in residence. Well, I could say this is not really a meal, but it's something to consume. I need to stop buying matcha lattes, iced matcha lattes. Um, specifically the ones from Coffee Bean. I told you about these. Yeah, I can't wait to get my hands on one. The one with the oat milk. Oh my gosh, it's ridiculous. It's like it's like a dessert. It's so good. Actually, let me give me. I'm gonna give me one tomorrow. (laughs) I'm I'm actually about to give me one tomorrow. Like period, I am because they're very very good. I know somebody who didn't even like matcha, and then she tried. She was like, "Hold on, like (laughs) they're just very good." So I'll be getting those. Um, And as far as a meal for real. I know you said like at least twice a week. If I was eating this twice a week, then I would need to. But um, I'd be going to Blaze Pizza, give me my little pizza with the Italian sausage and the mushrooms and everything. Like oh, that sounds good. Yeah. Well, because Blaze Pizza be except for the mushroom part. I mean the 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 what's it called the meat part. But um, Blaze Pizza they pit, they be all skinny and stuff. Yeah, it's good. So I'll be going there every now and then. Like not like when I um got a break or something. So yeah. My meal of residence. I'm trying to have my belly out this summer. So my meal of residence right now is a roasted tofu. Now I know that sounds like whatever, but I'm yeah, telling you. Oh, not too much. <laughs> Let Katie fix you some tofu before you say you don't like tofu, because I can freak some tofu out, okay? A wow. roasted tofu, cause I do like sazon. I do a little bit of sesame oil. I do. I f- like it's literally tofu. It's literally packaged nothing. You got to do something to it. Um, and then some roasted broccoli, and you dip it in hummus. Ch- I I could eat that every day for the rest of my life. It's so freaking good. But if I wasn't trying to do right, Trader Joe's got those flatbreads, right? Not the naan, cause the naan's ain't vegan, but the flatbreads. That is a perfect pizza base. And then that's why I like making my own pizza because then you get home and you load it up with all your toppings. So I do like marinara. Sometimes I do a hummus base. Don't don't knock to try it, but sometimes I do a hummus base and then some some vegan sausage, a bunch of mushrooms, um, what's to call it? Um, onions, gr- bell peppers. You got to do some jalapenos and then some uh vegan mozzarella. And you take some of that chili oil, you drizzle over the top. And then, and then you put you sprinkle with some oregano, put that in the air fryer, and while it's in the air fryer, you make that's when you make your vegan ranch, right? You make a you dip dip. It's about a thousand calories, so that's why we have we have no longer it's no longer residence, but when it was, we was living good, real good. But now, um, we doing what we doing? That's okay. Okay. Period. This intermission was. 87 minutes so we're moving on to the topic Delaney take it away our last little um um 
series component. It was cute too. Yeah, our black musical spaces. So saving the holiest for last. I'm talking about the black church. Period. So we're just gonna talk about gospel music. I mean, really, this is everywhere because you know it's everywhere. Made the cut since we always talk about church. Yeah, but maybe I guess yeah, maybe this is like a more overview type. It's just so much to talk about when yeah, it comes to this. Really so cool. we have not done enough to be to cover the gamut. Yeah, so I'm gonna talk about just like music that's originated in the church because so much of music in general and black music um first of all all music comes from religion period because there was old dude the one i told you about who hates god so much um and left and did a presentation on black music and freaking left out gospel music i'm like that's ridiculous i understand you're not you're not christian whatever that's your prerogative don't care but it's like as much as you hate religion, that is a f- actual fact. Like, <laughs> all oh, music comes it, from religion. He left it out because he 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 hates God. I'm willing to bet because we don't never shut up about it. Every everything <laughs> we talk about, he wraps it around to how everything is God's fault and everything is evil and Christians are the worst people ever and like all the type of stuff. And this is like, girl, like I mean, yeah, some people be out of pocket, like. Christianity has hurt a lot of people and we've said that multiple times on the show neither of us will ever deny that but it's also like that's just inaccurate that's an inaccurate history like you don't and you don't have to leave that out to talk about it you can talk about it and be like oh and they was terrible to people all the time because they were you shouldn't leave it out it's a part of it yeah like you definitely should not try to sweep it under the rug absolutely not so so think about people study secular I mean secular think about people study sacred music and don't believe in God yeah like you could it's just it's about studying the music right like richard like oh right richiana let me stop before he okay (laughs) like that's why like it's just like i feel like it's kind of a tunnel vision type of thing like you do not have to agree with nothing that they got going on in there like i understand if you don't listen to gospel music because a lot of this stuff like some people are not comfortable saying things that they don't believe and i get it because we'd be like god i I give give myself myself to you I am nothing with that. You like, I, right. I, if you don't want to sing my that, own to yeah. you, I belong. I see it. I understand y'all. Don't like, worry. if you don't want to see that, nobody I is blaming it. you I ain't at not all. Blaming you, because you're probably looking at us like y'all good. Stand up. <laughs> not stand but, up for God. That's crazy. But I see uh-huh. it. I can see it. Yeah, but um. Yeah, but this is an incredibly important part of black music. Um, And it comes back to, you know, our existence on this continent. So um, if you don't know, a lot of it, of course, comes from like Negro spirituals and stuff, which have been derived from like musical traditions that were brought over from West Africa um, in the slave trade. So things like um, one of the more popular um more well-known rituals is like the ring shout which is like when people are in a circle they're stumping they're shuffling they're shouting all that type of stuff and then that kind of if you've ever seen in a black church shouting it's kind of like that but you don't necessarily do it in a circle anymore you kind of just do it Mm -hmm. um but yeah so a lot of the the aspects of gospel music they come from that and they come from um just the practices of enslaved people on the plantation when they um would congregate together um to practice their religion um and of course it was kind of like 
I mean, it was a respite from what was going on. Um, I think we probably also talked about how like spirituals were used for things like um, like giving directions and stuff like that in in messaging um, amongst each other um, during slavery. So it's a really big part of the oral tradition and black in black culture in general. That's probably something we should talk about because um, that's on my list of things to to talk about is how big of a deal um like oral tradition and oral history is yeah um especially because like of course we, it was not legal for us to know how to read or write so like oral history is like such a huge part of black history i um, think it's kind of cute because i think about like think about how different churches sing different things like the way i hear my grandma sing something and then you go to a different church i'm like hold on that's not the way or, like different hymns that i've learned that the word I've, I've learned that the the words are different because you can have no that's not the actual words but i know it differently like I, I love that kind of stuff it's like we really we made it out y'all like we passed it along and it's close right um so this is like where a lot of a lot of things that you will see in modern day black churches like you can see them um and stuff like this like i said the stomping the shuffling that's also sometimes referred to as a praise break the whole call and response um element of um of gospel music which i think is the technical word for that is and tiffany yeah come on tech technical. yeah eastman hold on girl <laughs> okay big eastman um, meliora all right <laughs> <laughs> period so um, serious my bad <laughs> but um yeah so a lot of it was used as communication or as just to keep um our history and our culture alive so that's why a lot of um the things that were born of like the early early gospel era which is when like those negro spirituals and things like transitioned into like actually becoming a gospel music tradition um which is like in the late 1800s mid to late 1800s um is when like a lot of those songs started to go into distribution like for example i just found this out when looking at this but apparently in like the late 1860s there was a group of abolitionists that released a compendium of um girl i looked it up because that's a grammy category and i was like well if i want to get my grammy i gotta it's like i guess it's like a collection i'm like why didn't y'all just say that compendium yeah it says collection that's what it's every day y'all making them new words yeah it says a collection of concise but detailed information about a particular subject especially in a book or other publication but sometimes it's music because there's a there's a grammy category for best classical compendium so that's what you do you just gather together some stuff i guess i don't girl i don't know there's you know we're going to look but um they they gathered up over here like how can i give me a grammy a compendium of um they called them they called it slave songs of the united states and it was distributed by a group of abolitionists um to spread the music um that was taking place on plantations um so it included a lot of the early uh gospel songs and that was kind of right before we get the like initial era of gospel music um so a big part of this era this is like early 1900s a big part of this era is the pentecostal um movement you're seeing figures like arizona drains who i think i did a tiktok on her a while ago arizona Ch- drains was the first recorded gospel pianist um 
um then sister rosetta tharp who's been getting some shine lately um were popular during this era expanding um black gospel music outside even outside of the church too or like other places and one thing that it's really interesting like when we talk about like how gospel music interacts with the rest of the world like how it's been really re- resistant to change hey sis offer from classical music y'all should be friends um <laughs> really resistant you think gospel to- music is, is more resistant than classical music or they you think they're on par with each other no gospel music does definitely pro- progresses more yeah, that's what I, yeah that's what but I they are both resistant to change but for different reasons mm-hmm. um but um so a lot of these people i talked about um arizona drains rosetta tharp uh thomas dorsey they were like responsible for taking gospel music you know from the church and spreading it further but that was actually really controversial i skipped over the part where of course it was controversial to even be like using instruments and stuff um they didn't even want y'all playing playing nothing but um so weird. that argument is always so weird to me it's like literally in the bible yeah. it's, like, it's like paragraphs and paragraphs of different instruments right so i never understood what that was about maybe i look it up one day because i remember crystal's church used to be like that she was talking about it on the read yeah that's crazy no instruments in her church that she grew up in but it was really like it was controversial to be um like like for example when like records and stuff started coming out like um eventually it was seen as something that could help spread the word of god that's kind of how they how they framed it and how it was like more okay to be um performing gospel music you know and going out and taking it to different places like that's where like recorded sermons and stuff like that um came from but even people like rosetta tharp um had some trouble with that like performing places that were not you know holy enough and stuff and and dabbling in secular music and stuff like that um faced a lot of backlash because of that um and then and it what what's really ironic about that is that around the same time Thomas Dorsey, who is huge figure in gospel music, was a secular artist and then was doing gospel music. So I guess maybe because maybe his crossover was seen as like going the right way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it was more well received. Um than other people because i always say like i think aretha franklin was probably the first really truly successful like crossover artist that maintained a good like maintained her reputation in both on both sides because sam cook was before her but he kind of had to sneak over and i don't think he really turned back but aretha could go back to gospel anytime she wanted to was still in had done all her stuff and was went back and did gospel albums and stuff like that um but during this time it was like girl pick one um but yeah so he uh, left secular music uh for good came over and influenced a ton a ton a ton of gospel music um in the church and this was sort of in the golden what they refer to as like the golden age of gospel which was like the mid-1900s you know like Mahalia Jackson is coming up like all this stuff's happening um so like in like for example 1964 gospel music association was established gospel music hall of fame in 1972 uh the dove awards a couple years before that 1969 um 
1969 James Cleveland established the gospel music workshop of America. So like all of these really, um, like gospel music is really on the map at this point. They, um, gospel have been featured at Carnegie hall, like truly, truly the golden age of gospel. Some of the best gospel singers to ever come up. Um, now we get into my little part. Well, this is a little, still a little bit before my part. Cause like contemporary gospel, it's like the 70s and stuff james cleveland is kind of t- on the earlier end of that and then like andre crouch and stuff like that the one of the more like more important important parts to me when you talk about like the church as a black musical space is like how insular it was supposed to be i guess or people tried to keep it and then that like how we were talking about it being resistant to change like how it did change because i feel like i truly feel like gospel music is the reason why church has changed like I think it was its connection to the outside world because ain't nobody just dabbling oh let me go listen to this sermon real quick unless you like like maybe but like Mm -hmm. truly the the best chance I think that the church had of reaching new people was through gospel music Mm -hmm. um and as much as people resisted it I think contemporary gospel and urban contemporary gospel hmm, I don't want to be unfair I was going to say I think they have more of a impact i mean i think they did i don't want to diminish the impact that like the golden era of gospel had because obviously like it's it took gospel so far like now they went to carnegie hall freaking mihalia jackson was beloved across racial lines and stuff like that like i don't want to diminish that but as there was more like social changes i think contemporary gospel put gospel music even more on the map um so that's why i think like it's a very important black musical space like for example okay even when you think about like 70s like okay woodstock 1969 like people like i think the culture cultural norms are just getting looser like you got the like women's rights movement like just things are getting a little bit more progressive and during this time also you have like i said like james cleveland andre crouch who are incorporating more andre crouch specifically incorporating like you know rock music and stuff like that into his um into his music and into his performances like he did a collaboration with madonna um and stuff and i think and also people like bb and cc winans who were charting on r&b charts and stuff like that like i feel like that's the type of stuff that brought people in and also had a lot of like ambiguity in their music which i think is really interesting um because there's some i remember i forget i think it's tonight their song tonight that I was like I would not know this was a gospel song if I didn't know it was BB and CC Winans, mm-hmm. like it's it's kind of crazy. Like <laughs> I was like there's like there's no clue in there. Um, so Wait, I which think which one you talking about? What's the lyrics? There's a, the, there's a there's, tonight there, tonight I'm gonna see you tonight or whatever. That might be not wrong. Like you know I can't sing, but there's like a song that I wonder if it's by the Winans that like is it could be very salacious if like. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to remember the, the lyrics but I, I think about it all the time I'm like if this wasn't a gospel song this would be very salacious I just cannot remember right now the moment. I think it's God trying to tell me to shut, shut up but it's a song that's gonna bother me it's so like if you the lyrics are just like whoa yeah and that's the thing and like they had songs but they wasn't mentioning God at all and so it's like that's kind of crazy oh wait 
I want to wait with you. Talk to me face to face. I want intimacy. Let me see your glory. Kiss me with your kiss divine. Embrace me, touch me, break red and wine. A rendezvous just between us two. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hold on. <laughs> right? I, I think with that song, every like once in a while, I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's a gospel song. That's like deep worship. That's like, it's, I don't know. I'm yeah. going to see. Maybe maybe it's not a gospel song this whole time, but but also like when just hearing those lyrics, it very well could be like just knowing like what I know about that whole ambiguity and gospel stuff. Like I don't know, I'm, I'm, it probably didn't start off as a strategy, but like it kind of was like because they cross over, and now you got people, you got them charting on R and B charts, and people playing it on the radio more because it doesn't necessarily present as a gospel song. I don't know how Every many people I that look it up. I can't find it. L- literally for years, I'm talking about decades. I, I'm like, did this song get dropped into my head by aliens? Every time I put the lyrics, nothing comes up. Just really? like I just did right now. It's insane. But I didn't. Like, I can't compose. I didn't make that up. Like that is a song. That song. If somebody knows, please. I'm. Be- I'm begging you. Tell me what it is. Wow. Every it's it's in my head. It's been in my head for years and years and years. I did not write it. And every time I type in the exact words, just like I did now, nothing comes up. Hmm. And I bet you it was the whinings. I bet I bet you because like what you saying right now is what made me remember that mm-hmm. song. Like it's like it could go either way. It could be like you and your man, or it could be like I want to be like in the in the holies of holies talking to God. It could go either well. way. Listen, if it if God knows my heart, because I don't that that could be a little that a little spicy. Right. So <clears throat> that was kinda like I feel like that's kind of the start of you know, some people with that whole one foot in the world, one foot in the church thing, like they, yeah. didn't agree with that and that started off with contemporary gospel and that's this is the reason why see, y'all know me. I love me some genre theory. This is why, like, a lot of people look at genres, and specifically, I like, I'm interested in the formation of subgenres and, like, genre mixing and building, that type of uh, bending and stuff. Because it's like contemporary gospel, when you really think about it, like, sometimes the labels come first, and sometimes the music comes first. And, like, I mean, of course, the, the music has to come first, but you know what I mean. Like, sometimes it's not just a descriptor. You have contemporary gospel because a lot of people saw this what these artists were doing in the 70s and 80s and stuff and they didn't see it as gospel music but it was successful in bringing people into that space into the church and um and connecting with people so they kind of had it was kind of like okay well we could shun them and say it's not gospel but it's also helping us to our end goal so they're like okay well we can differentiate it by putting a contemporary on it this is that new stuff especially since church attendance has been dropping steadily not because of the pandemic just like literally since like the 60s mm-hmm. so i'm sure they was looking for anything they could get right and then you have um then here come late 80s 90s and now you got people like kirk franklin um some people i've seen some people prefer refer to the Clark sisters as urban contemporary gospel. I think they're contemporary gospel. I think um, it's a stretch. Yeah. <laughs> like, like they were in the eighties. Yeah. That's contemporary gospel to me. 
but um because i see urban contemporary gospel as you know hip-hop r&b influenced gospel um and sometimes maybe like an urban pop type of situation but um yeah so then you have that come in and they really not feeling that especially because of the connotations with hip-hop like um which was seen as really incompatible with the church so then that's where the urban come in they're like okay we don't mess with that junk but the kids mess with it so we have to claim it in some way so let's tack on the urban because even the contemporary gospel people was probably like no we can't we can't really rock with that but it's kind of like that's why i feel like gospel artists have that's why i say i feel like they have pushed the the church forward in so many ways because it's like i don't know that y'all would ever got there if it wasn't for that you know um and, and if it wasn't for like all the the backlash and stuff that they took to make church a more inclusive space as inclusive as you know <laughs> still got quite a way to go but um yeah that's why i feel like they're they're really that important um i don't know what else i mean that's kind of like an overview of of how the music has affected that space and then i forgot what else i was gonna say so it's great for me okay <laughs> well period that concludes our um little series period go stream some uh some gospel music you know you you gotta sing all the lyrics we're not checking right make me clap my hands make me wanna dance and shine Kirkfucker had like the the 90s on lock true and did so that's crazy gp are you with me that's i see why the girls are mad with him gp <laughs> are you with me oh yeah we at the church we ain't going nowhere they're probably like what is this hoodlum but also like they was going somewhere before now they ain't going nowhere y'all not right. happy but also he was also calling them out talking about people in the church talking religion but yeah we talk about each other make a decision they was probably like hold on (laughs) so people i I can see i know why the girls i know like because they next was getting hot church people are so messy and also church people are messy and they're also cruel which is really interesting yeah really really fascinating which is just like what is wrong with you (laughs) like um but not all of course not all yeah that probably goes without saying but for some with the internet it never goes without saying so right (laughs) well you didn't know my you didn't say my grandma my grandma cool (laughs) yeah (laughs) right yeah that's what i guess she raised me from my infanthood and infanthood you hear me infancy and like that's how that's how people do you on internet so yeah. all right y'all all righty all right y'all it's time for black excellence where we hype you up gas you up and give you a props for this room for everyone at the top who are you talking about delaney it's funny you should ask um not as funny you should ask it happens every week <laughs> I know it was on my iPad, not my phone. That's why this week I'm talking it up. Oh, dang. I was going to give some impromptu poetry. Okay. okay. Yeah. So, my God. (laughs) 
Um, this week I'm talking about Anoa Green. Um, she is a conductor and a music educator. She's a Wind Studies Chair and Wind Symphony Director at Baltimore School for the Arts, and she has been a music educator for 16 years across all age groups. Um, she's known um for you know being a chamber music coach ensemble director jury panelist um truly an educator in all facets of the word um she uh studied at the meadowmac conductors retreat michigan university's energized wind band workshop um and additional orchestral conducting um study with john carney of the baltimore symphony orchestra um She's also given um, workshops and panels and outreach performances for the Baltimore City Public Schools. Um, she also has a passion for arts advocacy and urban education. Um, she earned her bachelor's in music um, with a concentration in clarinet and wind conducting at Northwestern University and her master's in music education from Boston University. She also got a Mark Joseph Award and a Carson's Scholar Award and holds memberships with the women band directors international and is the current board secretary of the association of black women band directors i didn't even know that was a thing hold on right what i didn't know there was black... enough of y'all for that to be <laughs> honest i remember a, a black woman band director i, I can think of one. i mean i can i know one lady that we have for black excellence and maybe two you will recognize the picture what was the name of the the organization Association of Black Women Band Directors. Wow. I had no idea. I'm saving it so I could be nosy. What y'all be talking about? Right. Reads? <laughs> Not reads. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on their website. Okay. Abubura. Okay. Not a boop of the, you are annoying. <laughs> look at the, you should look at the website. Look at all this. Oh, this this girl looks like my sword, my line sister. Yeah, she, my line sister is definitely not a band director. That'd be crazy <laughs> if she was this whole time. Definitely an English teacher. Right, where the oboe store at? <laughs> <laughs> it was all a cover up. Oh my god, this is cute. See, you need something done, you gotta get black women to do it. Period. All right, my piece of the week is Records from a Vanishing City by Jesse Montgomery. You know, we stand Jesse Montgomery over here, Jesse Ben Montgomery, period. Um, but yeah, you made it through under an hour. Thank you so much for listening to Classically Black Podcast. I'm lying, hour and two, yeah, hour and something after you had the intro. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Classically Black Podcast. If you have a piece of week suggestion, a black excellent suggestion. Do you know any of these people that are a, a, a bubda? Send them our way. <laughs> classically Black Podcast at gmail.com. At Classically Black Podcast on social media. If you are black, join ISBM. Um, it's free and black. IS Black Musicians on social media. IsBlackMusicians.com. Thank you again, and we will catch you all next week. Bye, y'all. Bye.